Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Hey, hey, welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. Festivities at the NFL Combine are officially underway. And just like those college kids that are trying to position themselves to get drafted and for a successful 2019, we here at the Chicago Audible are taking this up to another level in order to best position ourselves to you, our listeners and viewers. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and thanks for tuning in. I want to welcome in some new audiences as we are now streaming live on more than just YouTube. We are now on Facebook Live, Periscope, and we're even going to be trying out Twitch. So in today's episode, I'm joined by the two usual usual suspects, my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett. Fellas, we've changed up how we stream for the first time in years, and things are new again. Uh, it's pretty exciting, actually. I was telling you right before we were live how excited I was for this show. Uh, we even revamped our podcast artwork for those who are listening to the podcast. So, of course, that's something we've wanted to do ever since the NFL made us change our podcast name. So, so much has happened in the past week. Guys, I want to know, are you adjusting well? Nick, how about you? Oh, absolutely. I'm seeing it right here on the, the YouTube feed right now. It's, it's a different look, but it, it looks good, you guys. It really does. I'm excited for this and you know, just to continue doing it on this platform and reaching new audiences for sure. What about you, B? Yeah, definitely. Change is good. Change means growth, and we're definitely headed in the right direction. So I'm excited for all these new changes, see what all we can come up with. Yeah, it's really cool. It does look really nice. I'm glad you checked it out, Nick. Do you like the microphone graphic in the top left? I do. It's a nice little touch. I see the little airwaves going up and down. That, that's pretty cool. Welcome to the new millennia, fellas. I'm excited <laughs> about this next chapter here on our show, but we have a ton to get into today. So you know, honestly, like I said, I'm stoked to get this show underway. So here is a rundown of what's ahead in today's episode. We're going to go ahead and begin by recapping uh, the Bears' three moves of the week. We're going to wrap up our State of the Franchise series with a brief discussion on the current state of the Bears' special teams unit. 
We're going to move on to the NFL Combine. Uh, we'll talk about a handful of topics, including our takeaways from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's press conferences that took place yesterday. And I even have a fun game regarding the Combine and some former and current Chicago Bears, so stay tuned for that. And of course, we'll end the show like normal and answer a round of fan questions to close things out. So guys, I am curious, are you ready to get this thing going? Absolutely. Before we do, though. (laughs) I told you I had a soundbite ready, Nick, but I'm playing with the soundboard. Someone commented and said, did Brandon get a new camera? So it looks like the setup is making Brandon's camera look even better. You didn't get a new camera, did you, Brandon? Finally. Sure didn't. He put on his makeup for the first time. That's what it was. Nice. Well, it looks good, according to our fans. So that's always a good. That's always a plus. Good. Awesome stuff. So if you heard that soundbite that was awkwardly placed as Nick was, forgot that was going in there, which is okay. Again, <laughs> uh, we also got a soundboard. Uh, we're not going to go crazy with it by any means, but something that we can have some fun to supplement the show from here and there. So not just hosting duties over here for me. Also going to be playing some soundboard. So uh, keep on tabs for that. But guys, like I said, let's just jump right in. The Bears made three moves over the past week that I believe is worth mentioning collectively. Uh, first, they decided to Nick's delight, and I'm sure many others, to move on from Deion Sims. And then it was reported, and it was also confirmed, that the Bears will indeed be cutting Cody Parkey at the beginning of the new league year. And finally, the Bears and Kyle Long worked out a new deal that opens up some cap space for this offseason. So let's go ahead and begin with Deion Sims. The Bears are going to be saving about $6 million in cap space with his release, which is unquestionably the best thing that he's done for this team. So I'm just curious, Nick, I got to go to you first here for obvious reasons. Uh, Any thoughts on this release? Uh, Does it open up a hole at this position in your eyes? And does anything else that you want to say to Deion Sims before we never mention his name again? Not really, honestly. He was a guy that didn't do much for the Bears. At the time, it looked like a good signing, maybe one with potential. Uh, Deion Sims coming off a good year in Miami, but it just didn't work out here. Um, he didn't do his job well, whether it was blocking or pass catching, and it had to be done. It saved cap space. That's the most important thing. So it was a move that was inevitable. It was going to happen just at what point, and we obviously know now that he's uh, not going to return with the Bears for the 2019 season, but is there a hole at the position for tight end? I think there's there's room to add more depth for sure because there's still some uncertainty with Adam Shaheen, but Deion Sims uh, didn't do his job, and that's why he's no longer a Chicago Bear. Couldn't really say it any better myself. What about you, B? Any thoughts about this move in general? Just kind of glad it finally happened. Uh, better earlier than later, I guess. So it, it opens up that cap space, like you said, the $6 million, which I think is really going to play a big role as far as free agency goes because that opens up another player or two depending how they uh, want to attack free agency this year. So I think overall it's just a good move for the same reasons that Nick said. So do you guys agree with me? That's the this is the best thing he's ever given this franchise is that six million dollars this year? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh for me, uh I don't think I have anything further to add. It was a bust. It happened. Ryan Pace, uh he even talked about that earlier this week that, you know, sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. And obviously Deion Sims was uh a player that everyone hopes or wished panned out differently than he did, but it was time to move on. And obviously it's the right move to make for salary cap purposes. But Nick, real quick, regarding the tight end position, are you fine then with, technically we still have two under contract, uh, Ben Broniker and of course, Daniel Brown, uh, both have uh, potential deals in place. They kind of alluded to that during the combine press conference yesterday, but if say they were able to bring back those two, are you still looking to add another tight end to that room? I think it might be a good idea because you just don't know if Adam Shaheen's going to be healthy for another season. And yes, they have two guys that have 
had some playing time in the regular season, but they're still unproven. They're still guys that I don't know if you feel very comfortable relying on. So I, I would expect the Bears to maybe add depth uh, just in case because you just never know when an injury is going to happen and could be just one play that can change the whole you know outcome for that you know entire group there. B, any final thoughts? Sum up Deion Sims' tenure in one word. I love your one-word answers. Hmm, in one word? You're disappointing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll say disappointing because uh, like Nick said, he couldn't really block and he couldn't really catch. And then for the end of the year, he wasn't even really hardly there. So I think it's uh, – I'll just uh, add on to your question that you had to Nick. I think it's definitely a position that you can look to add to uh, for depth pieces because Ben Bronecker nor Daniel Brown has shown that they can take that next step to be a – I guess, productive backup tight end, although they've done it in the past, but not quite to the level that I think we were expecting, especially in this offense now where we can use multiple tight ends. So I'm definitely looking to add the depth to this position. All right, guys, let's move forward here. And of course, it's also time to finally say sayonara to Cody Parkey, Mr. Doink or Mr. Double Doink. He is officially out of here. And again, it helps the pocketbook. The Bears only, though, will be saving uh, $1.1 million in the cap this year. And that actually does get pushed to 2020. So it's just kind of like they're moving some of this money here. And uh, Parkey this year is actually still going to carry over $4 million in dead cap space. So yeah, it's not over yet, at least financially when it comes to Cody Parkey. But still, maybe that $4 million is a small price to pay for us fans who uh, we're going to be saved of future headaches, elevated blood pressure, profanities, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Nick, parting words for Cody Parkey. I don't even know if it's parting words, but it's like it had to be done, right? It's It was performance-based. Cody Parkey didn't do his job, and that's why he's no longer on the Bears, much like Deion Sims, it had to be done when you go, uh, what is it, uh, forgot the, the, the program that he matter. went on. It doesn't matter. The it Today really Show, doesn't. Good Morning America, the, I forget. Yeah, what, whichever one it was didn't put a good taste in the Bears' mouth. It's a you, not we thing. So, yeah, Cody Parkey, now the Bears just have a big hole to fill. Who are they going to have as their new kicker? Options are being are, are pretty limited right now. But it had to be done when you miss seven field goals in the regular season and then the double doink in the playoffs. It was bound to happen. Brandon, I know you're tearing up at the news. Not, of course, <laughs> tears of sorrow, but tears of joy. Uh, any any final words about Cody Parkey? Because I think we do a good job with the show. When errors are passed, we try not to relish too much. I mean, we do bring up some older things. But any final words before you just move on from Cody Parkey and look forward? Uh, we can Parkey this conversation somewhere else. Did I do that right? I think you did. I don't think so. All right, how about that? <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if I could do that. All right, I'm not going to say any further on it. Obviously, like I mentioned, it's going to save us a lot of hassle. As long as the Bears can find a way to make that position right, it hasn't been ever since Rodrigo left. Obviously, he's not an option. We'll talk about that later on here in the show. But uh, with Cody Parkey, I mean, the, the first instance of the real sour taste in my mouth is when we all three went to Miami with all of our listeners hanging out, missed a kick, and overtime. And then ever since, obviously, uh, it's been a little ill will towards him. Pun kind of intended. Did I do that right, Brandon? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, so let's go <laughs> ahead and move forward. Some more positive news, and that's going to be Kyle Long because since he restructured his deal, uh, the Bears increased their cap space this year another $2.9 And Ryan Pace, he wouldn't specify if it was a quote-unquote pay cut 
Uh, but really, however you want to look at this, you have to be elated to have someone on the team like Kyle Long, who is kind of able to swallow some pride, have some humility, and just take a little bit of less money for the overall betterment of the team. I believe this really proves that he wants the Bears to be successful, and he too wants to win now. He cares about uh, this franchise and more about and less about himself. This is a we thing and not a me thing, which is the opposite of the player that we just talked about. So, B, I want to go over to you first because you are Mr. Trenches, and I believe Kyle Long does line up on the offensive line, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, any words about how this uh, restructured deal, how did it sit with you? Uh, how is it going to improve this team this offseason? Just your overall thoughts on it. Yeah, well, first of all, you are correct. does line up on the offensive line. Yes. Uh, but I, this is just one of those things where – uh, I've been, you know, just in any sport, I would love to see guys take less money to bring in other good players. And that's something that Tom Brady has done. I'm not saying that Kyle Long's to that level, uh, certainly not by any means. Uh, but regardless, this is something that uh, great team players do. And we know Kyle to be this great leader, uh, the vocal leader of this team, uh, very good uh, energizer, energizer bunny, whatever. He's way bigger than a bunny. But regardless, uh, he brings that energy, that the vocalness that you want on a team, that leadership. And the fact that he went out there and, uh, restructures deal to take less money this year and be able to free up some cap space, bring in other players so that way they can continue to get better. That speaks a lot, not just for uh, his character, but him as a uh, a player. He wants to be able to continue to win, and he loves the culture. So I think that it's a very positive sign that Kyle Long did this. Maybe some other guys will take suit as well in the future. What about you, Nick? What does this say to you about what kind of person, player, teammate, captain, leader that Kyle Long is to this team? Well, yeah, he's a team guy first. So him restructuring his contract allows for, you know, those big free agents on the defense side of the ball. Maybe things can get straightened out over there. Bryce Callahan, Adrian Amos, maybe the Bears only bring in one of them, but at least now that restructure gives the Bears more of a leeway to bring back one of those guys because continuity is important, whether it's on the defense, but with Kyle Long solidifying himself to be here at least, you know, for a couple more years. You're keeping that continuity on long the offensive line. They had a pretty good season last year, and that's very important for, you know, Mitch Trubisky. So it's just a great move overall. It's good for the Bears, good for Kyle Long, good for the organization moving forward because they can make they could be a little bit more flexible in what they want to do, especially with the restrictions that they're currently on with money and drafts draft capital. So it's a good move overall, but I'm glad that Kyle Long got the restructure, is able to stay with the Bears a little bit longer because he deserves it. He's been on a lot of bad teams for the Bears. And now they're finally getting good. So now he can be a part of more playoff, you know, games. He got his first taste of it with, uh, you know, last year's playoff game. But now hopefully there's more to come with him uh, along the offensive line. Yeah, and if he, you know he's a leader by example as well, and I believe like Brandon said, this could be the beginning. There's other people who are set to make a lot of money coming up. One that comes to mind would be on the other side of the ball, and that'd be with Danny Trevathan over on that defense, who is also you know making a ton of money. Maybe he takes some less money to have an extended contract here in the future because he believes in this defense, wants to stick around for a little bit longer, but. Really, all I want to say is thank you, Kyle Long, because I know that this money uh, is really going to help this offseason, really help the Bears have some flexibility with their decisions, bring in some guys that maybe they weren't going to have the ability to do so. And I really agree. I think this is going to be something that may go unnoticed after we end this conversation and move forward. Um, but with however that money is spent, and if it's if it's spent on an impact player, uh, the Bears are going to be so much better off, and it's all thanks to Kyle Long. So, Kyle, I know you're not listening, uh, but I just want to say thank you very much for uh, putting the Bears in a very good position this offseason compared to where it would have been. All right, so up next we're going to switch our focus and talk about the NFL Combine that is officially underway. But first, got to call a quick timeout to tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. 
Getting tickets to your favorite game online can just be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's really hard to know exactly who you should trust. And that's why we're proud to partner with SeatGeek, and really, they're the way to go. And what makes SeatGeek unique is that they pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats that you want for a price that you are willing to pay. There's something quite like being at the event that you want to be at in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And being Bears fans just like you, we really would not be here without SeatGeek. They've allowed us to continue to grow our brand and provide... It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You, our viewers, our listeners, with some great deals throughout the year. And on top of that, SeatGeek is my personal favorite way to shop for tickets because I know I'm always going to get the best deal possible for the tickets that I want. Plus, they allow me to set notifications for the teams, like the Bears, or the events that I care about the most, which is extremely convenient and useful. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on the value, SeatGeek immediately identifies the best seats that fit your budget. And the best part of all is that our listeners do get $10 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm Earl Soldwit, and I'm accompanied by my co-host. Someone called them my brothers who also like the Bears, and we are setting our sight on the current state of the Chicago Bears Special Teams Unit. I said combine before the ad break. I messed up. I have a lot going on on my screen. I'm learning. It's we're on the fly. This is a new setup here. So relax. The combine's just starting anyway, so it's not getting any big of a rush here. But we need to finish our state of the franchise series. And again, just a quick discussion here on special teams, because depending on your perspective, special teams is either currently pretty bleak or in a good spot to turn things around. It's really reliant if you're a half glass empty or full kind of person. Now, see the news with Cody Parkey. He's not going to return. The Bears currently do have some voids at all three core special teams roles, kicker, punter, and long snapper. And, of course, I know you're listening, and you're saying, Will, they signed Redford Jones after a tryout in January, so we do technically have a kicker. And, yes, I think you could win that argument on technicality, but the reality is the Bears are going to be bringing in more competition at the position, and they're not going to make a final decision probably until deep into this preseason. I think Ryan Pace said, yesterday that they're not supposed to bring in more than two, which is the kind of norm for a kicking battle. Uh, so they're going to leave no stone unturned here as they have a quest here to find the kicker of the future. So let's go ahead and stick with this position just to save you a Google search. Redford Jones, he made 74% of his kicks in his three years kicking at Tulsa. He's a walk-on who's able to earn a scholarship. He beat out a handful of other kickers during the tryout last month that Ryan Pace said uh, in a tryout that he quote-unquote crushed it. So Nick, I'll go to you first. Uh, what do you do at the kicker position? Do you potentially draft a kicker? Do you go sign a veteran? Uh, do you take chances by bringing in multiple undrafted free agents and let the best man win the job? So I'm just curious, what would you do in order to, to solve this kicking problem? You have to really look at all the options there because this is a position that has hurt the Bears over the years now, and we all know with the playoff game. So some guys that possibly can be maybe brought in and free agents and guys that have had success. Matt Bryant's a guy that currently is not an NFL team. He's a veteran, a guy that, you know, has been proven in this league. He wants to come back for another season. 
He was 20 of 21 for his field goal attempts last season. 57 yards was his long. I mean, this is a guy that's proven, and maybe he could be just the, the first guy for maybe just – maybe it's just a year deal. At least you're solidifying the position for a year to maybe you can find out if Robbie Gold can maybe come back the following year because he's in San Francisco. That option is gone. But, look, if it's not Matt Bryant, look, the Bears do have limited space with their draft picks. But if they think that one of these kickers in the draft, and I think there are three that are kicking at the combine, if they like one of those guys with that seventh-round pick, do what you have to do to get that position right because we've seen it in the past that not having a capable kicker will hurt you in the end. And that was the Bears' weakest point, and they end up losing uh, against the Eagles, and their season is over. So whatever Ryan Pace has to do, if he has to trade, if he has to draft a kicker, if he has to bring in a veteran, bring in all the competition that you can, even if it's Redford Jones, which I don't think is going to be the option for the 2019 season, do you have to l- just look at everything. Because, look, kickers killed the Bears in the past, and they need to get it fixed. Right. I mean, the thing about Redford Jones is, and Pace talked about this too, is that kickers can sometimes come out of nowhere. They develop at different rates. Uh, they sometimes things just click for them. So I'm not going to sit here on the show and say Redford Jones will not be the guy because he could definitely win this job. It's a wide open competition. And as long as he has all the things that Ryan Pace mentioned yesterday about ball flight, uh, the sound that the ball makes when it comes off of the foot, uh, et cetera. Um, he has a chance here. And Matt Bryant is on my short list as well. Just like you said, Nick, I mean, he's been around. He's, I mean, he's a little bit older. He could be a short, like a, you know, a stopgap kind of guy, but he's still very accurate. He's only missed nine of his last 97 kicks over the last three seasons, which I believe that that's a, a clip that we would all be comfortable with moving forward. If that's the route that the bears want to go. And again, you bring him in and if the, one of the younger guys can beat him out, then so be it. But at least you have someone who is, has experience, not just playing in the NFL, but in the playoffs and the game's biggest stage, uh, things like that would be a definite benefit for the Bears. What about you, B? I'd be curious to your thoughts on the kicking situation. Yeah, I kind of want to touch on what Pace was saying in his press conference first regarding kickers. He's, you know, kind of like what you said, well, it's hard, uh, you know, because they can come out of nowhere, you know, sometimes it may just click for them, some days it may not, whatever. Uh, and I kind of want to use the metaphor of like, you know, you're scouting a good jump shooter in basketball because if you leave him alone out there on the field, I mean, naturally he's going to look really good because that's what he's been training to do. Uh, but then you put him in game situations and stuff to know how he does. And you said, you know, regarding college players, you know, it's really tough to evaluate on tape because the snapper or the holder may not always be the best or the most reliable. So it's really tough to judge a kicker based just on tape, too. Uh, so that, uh, you know, being said, I would trust Matt Bryan as well. He made my my list as well. But I'm also looking at uh, at Andy Phillips because the Bears have had a taste <laughs> of him in the past, and he can make kicks from 40-plus yards with his left foot and his right foot. Uh, so I think that it's worth bringing someone that they've seen back just to see what exactly, you know, he can do again if it's, if it's worth it, and especially Andy Phillips, a guy who we haven't seen on any other team as far as I'm aware. Uh, he could come back for cheap. So that that's just one of the other possibilities I'm looking at as far as a young kicker goes. Nick, have you been paying attention to what Andy does on Twitter? I have not, no. He's been, tw- I mean, he always tweets about the Bears, about their situation. I think he wants to be a Chicago Bear. I really do. Especially to get back at him for, you know, not giving him, I think, the proper opportunity to, you know, to see what, at least what he had. But, I mean, it would make sense. Just bring in anybody that you can because they got to get this position uh, solidified. Do either of you have one of the college kids that intrigue you the most? Not really. I, I know the guys, you know, I, I wrote down literally their names and their school, 
whichever one is the best, whichever one has that pop, to the trajectory, whatever Ryan Pace is looking for. I mean, like like you said, this is indoors. There's no rush coming at them. They can look good now. Now when there's 60,000-plus fans, you know, waiting for you to kick this football and it goes double doink or it goes just a smidge left, it, it's all about the pressure in the moment that really defines if a kicker can do it at the next level. Absolutely. The one that It'll I have, go really ahead. hard. It would also be really hard in Chicago right now coming off a, a season where Cody Parkey was so bad. Um, that pressure to make one I think would be a lot harder to overcome, I think. So, I don't know, just something else to, to think about. I don't know. I see it maybe the opposite. It was so bad that maybe it can't get any worse, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't think I can hit the upright ten it. times in a season. We'll be okay. Uh, so, real quick, guys, uh, the player that uh, coming out that intrigues me, I would say uh, Cole Tracy out of LSU. Uh, he was the finalist for the Lou Garosa Award, which goes to the nation's top kicker. Uh, he made 97 field goals during his four-year career, and that's the most by any kicker in the history of college football um, at any level. So put that in perspective. And then also his 502 career points are also the most by a kicker in college football history. Uh, so when you're looking at sustained success, consistency, obviously he has the confidence. Uh, he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder in order to have these accolades next to his name. That would be someone I look into, maybe someone that would be worth investing a late round pick in if that's how the board kind of falls. Uh, I don't, Ryan Pace didn't take it off the table. I still would be mildly shocked if they used a draft pick on a kicker, giving uh, the limited draft capital. But if they would use it, I would, my, I would go with Cole Tracy personally. But I, I, again, it's kicker. It's hard. It's hard to judge until you really get to the nitty gritty of the NFL. You can bring the best kicker. Uh, and then out of the draft, then he doesn't translate well to the NFL with the different margins that you have with, you know, the hash marks and everything like that. So very tough. I think really what's going to come down to is what matters to the Bears. Do they want a veteran like a Bryant who has nerves of steel, been around the been around the park, or someone who's like a young up-and-comer like Tracy who can maybe be a longer-term answer at the position? All right, guys, let's go to move on to punter. And for the second straight offseason, Patrick O'Donnell is on the market. And last year, he signed a one-year deal with the Bears after his rookie deal expired. And now he's set to be an unrestricted free agent yet again. So, guys, um, obviously, uh, Pace said that O'Donnell, he thought, improved um, from last year to this season. Or I should say two year seasons ago to last season now. Time's going by way too fast. So, it's time to play our game. Pass or play Patrick O'Donnell. And, Brandon, you're up first. I'm going to play him because I thought he improved as well. Uh, and I wouldn't have an issue if they signed him back to a one-year deal if that was something that, you know, Pat was willing to do, just consistently come back on performance-based uh, contracts for one year or two years or whatever. I'm totally fine with that. So I'm going to play him at least for another year. What about you, Nick? You know, I'll play him too. I was looking at the free agent punters that are were available. There's seven total, including Pat O'Donnell. And I was looking at the statistics, um, you know, just – the total number of yards, the average punts inside the 20. There's not a big gap that really is uh, from paddle down to like the next best free agent kicker, which is Minnesota's Matt. I think it's Willie. If that's how you pronounce his last name, W I L E, but it's, it's not a big gap in between those guys. So I think you bring him back. At least you want to look that special teams unit didn't play very well last season. I, I thought overall as an entire unit, and I think Pat O'Donnell can get better. I think he really can. He's got the potential to. It's just, um, you know, there were some kicks at 
specific times. I go back to that playoff game against the Eagles where he had a good punt initially, and then there was just a crucial moment in time where he cannot shank a punt, and he does it. So it's like those kind of moments you don't want to see repeat from Pat O'Donnell. But I think for the sake of who's available, just bring him back. I think you can get a favorable deal. I think he wants to be in Chicago. Uh, I just think that that would be the best move for the Bears, given their situation. Not like a punter is going to cost a ton of money, but given the situation, who's available, I think bringing him back would be the smart move. Yeah, I mean, he does get around the locker room. He does have a lot of good friends, including like Zach Miller. You always see that they're hanging out all the time. And like you said, Nick, sometimes it's really hard to decipher uh, what these stats are for punters. Um, And specifically, a good reason behind that would be um, it's hard to gauge exactly the situation each punt kind of took into account. Because even though O'Donnell's numbers, maybe his net went slightly down, he was dealing with much shorter fields than he had maybe a year ago with the offense with Al Log and John Fox that couldn't move the ball, couldn't get first downs. Compared to last year, where the Bears had a pretty decent job of moving the ball to around midfield. And so the field for him to even punt was shorter. So even averages and nets. Uh, it's hard to kind of take in unless you look at a punt-by-punt punt perspective. But I will say uh, the one area which I thought he improved was getting the ball down inside the 20 consistently. And that was an area which he didn't do a great job of it in years past, given the fact he did have longer fields to work with. So it's a little bit more of a difficult job. Uh, but between him and his coverage guys, like a Josh Bellamy as like you know the, the gunner down the side, they had some good chemistry going on to get these punts down deep in opponent's territory. And when you have a Bears defense like you have and you can get teams inside the 20, they're going to not score a lot. And that's a big reason why the Bears were not just, of course, with the great defense, but the average starting field position due to O'Donnell was another big added bonus that allowed the Bears to keep more points off the board. All right, guys. And now we have to talk about the most important position of them all because it matters for kicking and it matters for punting. And that's, of course, long snapper. Patrick Scales, he returned last year after missing a season due to torn ACL. Uh, he's set to become a restricted free agent, so the Bears do have first rights to bring him back. And I know this really is an odd position to break down, nor will we really have any quote-unquote other options unless maybe talking Patrick Manley out of retirement on the table. That would be the one that I have. Uh, but, guys, I'm just curious. Uh, pass for play, Patrick Scales. Brandon, you're up first. I want to play him because he's snapping mostly to O'Donnell, whether that be as a punter or whether that be as a holder. And if I'm going to play Pat O'Donnell, I might as well play Patrick Scales because those two guys have to be on just as much of the same page as anyone else on special teams. So I'm going to play Patrick Scales. Nick? Yeah, I'm going to play him. I don't have too much analysis for Patrick Scales, but it makes sense to bring him back, keep that continuity on the special teams unit, see if they can improve in 2019. Nick, do you recall any high or low or botched snaps last year from special teams? I don't think so. Not that I recall. Go. That answers your yeah, question, so, right? I mean, that's always, yeah. It's, uh, if you if you remember them, that's a bad thing. But if exactly. not, you, that's good. It's just like an offensive lineman, just like a kicker, and just like a punter. So it's the same thing, no matter which way he plays it. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, just one last thing to wrap up special teams for the current state of it, because I just wanted to pick your brain uh, and maybe a couple of players that you have in mind that you believe will play a large, maybe an expanded role on the third phase next season. And additionally, uh, and this is my fun. Actually, let's answer that question first, and I'll get to my final question here. Uh, Nick, you're up. Any players in your mind? The big one for me is Iggy um, with his continued growth coming from a rookie to his second year. Obviously, it's going to be either third or fourth still on the inside linebacker depth chart. Uh, I didn't think his role in special teams was as large as I thought it would be last year, so I'm hoping for bigger things out of him in the third phase, in particular on coverage units. units. Um, But I'm curious about you. Do you have any players in mind? 
you know what? Anyone who's going to be a kick returner, we just need to see more out of that position, to be completely honest. The Bears were ranked 30th in kick return yards with only 440. So we just need to see somebody step up at that position. Maybe he's not on this roster yet, and Pace is looking to add some you know, depth and competition in the draft with a potential pick or a free agent because that used to be a position, you know, even in the NFL that used to impact games. Last year, that wasn't really a factor. The best kick return, I think, was Tariq Cohen when he went there for the one time it was mm-hmm. in the playoff game. So maybe that's a guy that can maybe go into that role, even though you want to keep him healthy for to be a play on offense. But they need to find somebody to make an impact as a kick returner because last year, that was not a factor for the Chicago Bears. Do you know where they were on average? Because I know you gave total yards, and that's going to be skewed because the Bears didn't give up a lot of touchdowns or points in general, so they're not getting as many opportunities. So I can actually pull that up. Oh, I have player statistics, so that's not going to help me. I need team. Well, Come regardless, and I'll get it down. I'll yeah, regardless, I mean, you're right. We need way more production out of that. You don't want a Benny Cunningham back there. You don't want to take Juan Mizell back there. I think, did we see Josh Bellamy try it once? I think we did. I'm sure yeah. we did. It's it's not the ideal situation, which actually leads to my final question here. And I'll answer to Brandon first while you're still looking that up. Brandon, is the next year's kick returner currently on this roster? Mm, I hope it's not. I think we all I, do. I, Tariq Cohen's a good punt returner. You know, and I, and I like the explosiveness that he brings there. But as far as a kick returner goes, I think they can find a different one because unless Tariq Cohen's back there, I don't like second, third, fourth, or even fifth options being Benny Cunningham, Smoke Mizell, Josh Bellamy. And I'm not a fan of any of those guys. Really, They didn't show me a whole lot. So I don't think uh, that he's currently on the roster right now. Yeah, so, the only one that you didn't mention, maybe Anthony Miller, but even with him coming off of shoulder surgery, I would rather him yeah, not have those high-impact collisions on kickoff. Right. So I, I agree, B. I think whoever's going to end up returning kicks next year uh, is currently not on the Bears roster. But, Nick, you have those numbers? So you're looking for the average? Is that – I yeah, mean, that's I what I got. What, mm-hmm. Well, they're last. So they <laughs> oh, there we go. Yards, <laughs> so and now that. they're last with 19.1, only – yeah, Pittsburgh was just 0.2 higher. So the Bears were not very good at kick returning. So, Do you want to answer that question real quick to wrap things up here in special teams? Is our returner on the roster? Is it not? I mean, I think if they wanted to put Cohen back there, that could solve a lot of issues. But I think they really want to – because if Cohen's not in the offense, that changes a lot of things exactly. up. So I'm going to say no. And this look what happened. This is totally different. I'm not going to compare, you know, apples to oranges. But look what happened to Devin Hester when they gave him all the wide receiver duties, and what happened to him from kick return. He said he got too much in his head. He wasn't able to react. And I think you want the same thing with Tree Cohen, but on offense. You don't want to give him any additional duties, and then for him to get spread a little bit too thin. Uh, I think he's really good in his role as a part returner. Obviously, still room to grow in this offense and be. Uh, have the ball go through him just a little bit more. So I think if you want to keep him fresh, keep him active, and keep him engaged on offense, you still want to try to find another kick returner here in the offseason. But all right, guys, that does it for the state of the franchise now. We went through all three phases. So let's go ahead and kick this offseason off here. And let's look, take a look at Indianapolis and talk about the NFL Combine. Yesterday, both Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace took some time to speak with the media on a handful of topics, and since we don't get to hear from those two much between now and the season, I think we should take some time to reflect on what was said or try our best to decipher between some of this coach and GM speak because 
They, I think they spoke for about a half hour combined, if not a little bit more. And it was a whole lot of, you know, fluff. But I'm sure we can find some golden nuggets in that fluff. So let's go ahead and start with Ryan Pace. And let's go to Nick. Uh, what were some of your general observations or big takeaways that you want to make sure that our listeners know if they missed the press conference? Yeah, so uh, what I took away from it, the whole Kareem Hunt, whether or not he was going to be a Chicago Bear or not, well, basically, from what Ryan Pace said, it was that the hunt conversation, the hunt conversation, didn't go further than that initial, um, you know, when they talked about it. In, what was it, the end of the year press conference? They they talked about it, and that was about it. So that's where it kind of ended there. And then also, it was briefly mentioned, it was slightly mentioned, but uh, Ryan Pace wants Chase Daniel to be a bear for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's significant. Um, just having a guy, even though what he played two games last year, but his role is much bigger than the two games that he played because he's helping Mitch Trubisky progress and just be prepared for each and every game. Just being that other set of eyes that uh, that other perspective in the quarterback room. So I think that's significant that maybe we see another restructure there and an extension later on where Chase Daniel is not just he's under contract for 2019, but expect something maybe later to be where there's another restructure or something, an extension for Chase Daniel to be a bear for even longer than that. And then just the last thing here for Ryan Pace, uh, the parking decision I mentioned earlier was performance-based. So just saying that, um, you know, we are looking for something better. We want more consistency out of the, the kicking position because that's what plagued them last year. And you don't want that to rear its ugly head again in 2019. Yeah. Way to run through it real quick. You hit a lot of my notes as well. The big one, of course, being Chase Daniel. And I think that's really enticing because we talked about that a little bit during the state of the franchise for the offense, uh, how long we expect him to be here for being that mentor role, that backup quarterback role. And I think we're all kind of on board that he obviously he's not uh, the worst backup. I mean, he's capable. He's smart. He's knowledgeable. He knows his offense. He can mentor Trubisky. He's kind of like Josh McCown in a way in that regard, like McCown was for a Jay Cutler for that season. So yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, Daniel's probably going to be here for a while is great. Uh, it's going to be good for that quarterback's room. Maybe he's someone else that turns into more of that coach role as long as Trubisky stays healthy, doesn't have to miss a lot of time. But additionally, he didn't rule out the possibility of drafting a quarterback if that was the best player available uh, in order to start grooming one uh, to be a either a longer-term backup. So that was something that caught my ear as well. But, B, how about you? Any bigger takeaways from Ryan Pace? I like what he said uh, regarding scouting and his college scouts. Uh, he said, you know, they – in the combine, they try not to get too wrapped up in the physical attributes that a player has regarding his combine, uh, whether it be the drills or uh, things that you can't teach, like his height, weight, hand size, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Uh, so I, I like he says we don't get you know too wrapped up in that. We give our props to college guys for watching their tape, doing their homework, and things of that nature. So that made me really proud that they're not so reliant on some of these other things. You hear the big national media guys get worked up about, like hand size. Uh, the big news today was Kyler Murray. He's actually over 5'10". He's 5'10 and 8th or something like that. And that, you know, that's huge, apparently. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, things of that nature, they don't get too wrapped up in, which is extremely nice uh, for me to hear. And you guys touched on some of the other things. But I was disappointed at the end. Uh, someone asked him if he gets to name a play in the playbook and then the audio cut off. So I was kind of disappointed by that, but you guys <laughs> hit on all the other uh, points I had. We need to check in with some of our guys in the media to see what that answer was, because I would love for Pace to have just one play that is like, you know, right. Pace's pick, like whatever he wants to call it. Of course, obviously it wouldn't be that, but yeah, that'd be really neat. If so, uh, did you guys catch what he said about Adrian Amos when they were talking about uh, him and what he brings and did he saw growth from uh, 2017 to 2018? I did not know. 
uh, he said two words that caught my ear. He called him a good bear. So if you're trying to like read between the lines and if he's someone that Pace believes is a quote-unquote good bear, that could be some speak that says, yeah, we're probably going to bring Adrian back as long as uh, things work out according to plan. I don't think you call someone a good Chicago bear unless you're not planning or hoping and vying to bring that player back to your ball club. But, of course, he's keeping a lot of things, and I quote Ryan Pace again, tight to the vest. He's not going to get into a lot of details right now. Games are officially afoot here in the offseason. And in terms of his draft strategy, it's always been best player available. And they're asking, Ryan, Ryan, now that you have limited draft capital, are you going to change it up a little bit to kind of reach for some of your needs? And he says no. When you ever, Whenever you go away from BPA, you're bound to make mistakes. And he says the only way it's acceptable to go need over BPA if it's like neck and neck if it's super close so uh, I think that's telling and I think that's what he's always done in Chicago he hasn't shied away from that he's not going to tell you which positions they favor or which players um, but I do believe he does always go with that best player available approach which is the reason why you find Eddie Jackson in the fourth round of Blaw Nichols in the fifth round and one last thing that caught my eye is I'm actually surprised that he said that he's feeling more pressure this year uh, to really fill these holes, these needs, than in previous years with the limited resources, uh, with the Bears being good. He said, like, this is the offseason that can really take that team over the top, and he knows that. He's self-aware about it, and he's taking that responsibility, and that puts a little bit more pressure on him. But I like Ryan Pace with pressure because I think he's proven time and time out when there's pressure on him, uh, he tends to, you know, step up, overcome, and succeed. And succeed is a big reason why he got extended. It was just a year ago that people thought he should have been fired John Fox. And now look at him. I mean, he's one of the best executives in the league for everything he's done here in Chicago. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that he's feeling a little bit more pressure, I think it's going to be a good thing because uh, I think, you know, that's how diamonds are made, right? Coal with pressure, boom, diamond. Chemistry. All right, let's move over to Matt Nagy. Uh, Brandon, since I did let Nick go first for Ryan Pace, I'll let you begin with Coach. Uh, gee, that's tough because I actually didn't listen to Nagy's press conference today. Uh, So I really don't have anything to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Where's your little uh, soundboard thing? The disappointing one. You got to go to that. There we go. Sorry, I forgot I even had it. I forgot I had sounds at my disposal. I got so involved in this conversation. But, uh, Nick, I know you're a good noodle, and I know you listen to his press conference. And if I'm wrong and I have to do this whole thing by myself, I'm going to be a little disappointed in both of you. Uh, Actually, I did listen to his press conference. I listened to what he said on Good Morning Football, though. So I just want to give you know some things from there because I thought they were insightful. Um, oh, one thing boy. that was asked uh, of Coach Negi, um, early on is like if he's met even you know or how much he's been involved with Chuck Pagano, and they said that he they really hit it off. It was um like um when he met Ryan Pace, similar to to that uh relationship starting, just how they were talking about football and just what they envisioned for this team. So I mean that's what you're gonna need with a new guy coming in having a focal point in this you know this team taking over a defense that was number one in the league last year. You want to have a good working relationship with this new guy that's coming in. And also he was um, Negi was asked about Trubisky and what what's uh, the potential for him. Negi said the sky's the limit. He said he looked a lot better against the Eagles and showed a lot of growth just from one half to the other. And we we all saw that. We saw what Trubisky was able to do, some of the throws that he was making. And that's that's why Nagy's so high on Trubisky because, look, first season in his offense, he was able to do some good things and grow from, uh, you know, the mistakes that he made early on. 
And we saw in that second half of that playoff game. So I really like that. And then he was also asked about the Khalil Mack trade um, and just saying that he was very aggressive. After he initially heard it from Ryan Pace that, hey, we could possibly get Khalil Mack, he was very aggressive in trying to also go get him. Game planning against him for four years, um, he knows what you have to put into a game plan just just for a Khalil Mack. So he's like, I want this guy on my team so other defensive coordinators can do the similar things that I was doing for four years when he was with Kansas City. So I thought that was uh, you know, an interesting little nugget there. But the last thing um, from that conversation on Good Morning Football was like, what's your free agent pitch now? What, do you, what are you going to say to the possible free agents to want to come to Chicago? Well, he just said, it's a lot of fun playing here. You saw the club dub. You saw what we were able to do after wins. We have a lot of fun, but also it's very important to you know, ha- manage the fun and also the work. You can't let the fun get in, you know, in the way of what the work that you put in throughout the season. And he's also, he mentioned that there's going to be a new locker room, new facility, and just so many great pieces around this team that free agents are going to want to come to Chicago. We've already seen that just last year when there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of skepticism on what the Bears could be. They uh-huh. had a new coach, but we didn't know what the Bears could be. Now it's kind of established. This is a 12-win football team, one, a team that went to the playoffs. Free agents are going to want to come here, and Matt Nagy is going to be a big part of it. So I didn't watch the press conference, but I gave that, Will. You I didn't have time. slightly I didn't redeemed have time. yourself? I, I just I was working. I'm sorry. <laughs> you redeemed yourself more than me. <laughs> That's true. I watched true. something. I watched something. I, I'll give you that, and you had some great you know, spark-noted version insight here, so I appreciate it. Uh, it's better, like he said, better than B. Uh, so we'll put B over there uh, in his timeout chair for just a few minutes. Uh, so I listened to his press conference that he had. Uh, honestly, it sounded like he was giving the you know the Good Morning Football uh, even better insights. That's exciting for you, Nick, uh, to catch on that. I just had a few things here, and I don't want to get too far into him. Uh, one thing on Trubisky because you talked about him. Uh, he mentioned, of course, about his potential, and a big reason why he's expecting a jump this year is because. A, things should slow down for him in terms of reading the defense. He imagines that the ball should be coming out quicker for Trubisky next year as he ends up making some quicker decisions uh, instead of having to react on the fly and overthink some things as he's still learning the offense. And they talked about the big bonus this offseason is going to be for the entire offense to take it to the next step is that they're going to be able to watch themselves from last year to learn how to grow from their mistakes, find what they really liked and build off of it, find what they don't like collectively and just trash it and find something to replace it with. Because at this time last year, almost this time last year, uh, they were just watching the chief films. And this will obviously that's not a hundred percent cut and paste, but to be able to watch yourself and learn from your past is going to just take this offense to another level. And just to talk about what he's seeing in this building, uh, he says, you know, last year he was able to get full trust in it. Uh, the players, even at the end of the season, when it was over, uh, you can see and feel the hunger in their guts and in their eyes. He says, you really can't make it up. He's like, there's a real desire collectively from this group to go out there and win a Super Bowl. And so Nagy says that the challenge for them is to keep up that attitude throughout this offseason and understand that the Bears are, you know, now going to be the hunted team in the NFC, at least in the NFC North now. So they have to change their mentality and understand that people are going to be, you know, targeting them, have their, you know, going after their backs. So they need to find a way uh, to keep up that aggressive mentality despite the offseason, despite not reaching goals last year. And he talked about how in the Bears' First week that lost to the Packers that still stings all of us. 
how much they were able to turn that sour taste in their mouth and use it as a springboard for the rest of the season. And his hope is that the loss of the Eagles does the same exact thing for all of 2019 to help them get to a deeper position in the playoffs and ultimately to the championship. So I believe Matt Nagy, when he says at the locker room, uh, obviously it's fun, like Nick mentioned, but also they're hungry. They want to succeed. And I think if you want to go back full circle, what Kyle Long did is a perfect evidence as to how close this team thinks they are and how, you know, uh, how much humility they all kind of share because they have pride collectively, but individually they're able to uh, understand that uh, without the people next to them, they wouldn't be where they are today. And I think Kyle has seen the ups and downs definitely understands that. And two things here about the running game. He says, obviously the bears still need to get better there. Uh, he blamed both the coaches and the players uh, says that we need to get better um, on Jordan Howard specifically. He did kind of beat it around the bush. Uh, he said, this is not an offense where anyone's going to get 25 to 30 carries which obviously is a Jordan Howard style kind of a game. And then on running backs in general, what they're looking for out of him, uh, he's looking for people who can uh, make players miss and not be so one-dimensional, which he did say, I'm not talking about Jordan here about the one-dimensionalness, but looking at the way about maybe making people miss, there's not many opportunities that you see Jordan Howard do it. He can break tackles, he can run through guys, but making people straight up miss, not really in his repertoire of skills. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up my discussion there on Matt Nagy since I watched the press conference. And guys, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to the players. So we just finished up the state of the franchise. But when we spoke about the offense and defense in our respective episodes, Brandon, I believe you missed the offensive show. Nick, you're unable to join us for the defense. So we haven't been able to sit down as a group and really determine what the th- I'm going to say the biggest needs are in this team. And I say the biggest three, we did it for each side of the ball, but now when you bring it all together, I'm just curious, what are going to be your big three needs right now on this team as a whole? And Brandon, you better have some needs. I do have some needs. Uh, but this, this whole list is going to be interesting because we know how Ryan Pace likes to do the best player available. So I almost feel like this team needs list is almost irrelevant. Uh, but regardless, I'm going offensive heavy. I got two out of three going offense. Uh, in no particular order, I have outside linebacker, tight end, and offensive guard, uh, all positions that need depth. Uh, and it's nice to be in a position where we don't have to have outside of a slot corner, which is number four on my list. Uh, outside of that, uh, we don't really have any sort of position needs where we need a starter. It's really all just depth pieces, and that's extremely nice going into this draft, even with limited resources. I, I feel that Ryan Pace uh, sees the pressure there, wants to be able to continue to build this team the right way. Uh, but it's at least a good position to be in uh, in the draft when all we really need is depth pieces, in my opinion. Yeah, it's really cool to see this whole thing come full circle. Like when you get to the off season and you just reflect on where we were last year or two off seasons ago, it's really remarkable to see uh, where we're at. And we're just talking about, again, like Brandon said, just depth pieces here and there, supplemental uh, players to take this roster and solidify it because the core on both sides of the ball is there and then some. But Nick... What are going to be your top three needs on this team? Yeah, so we do have, you know, most of the pieces set. But there's a big one still missing, and that's kicker. That's my number one need so far for the Bears. And then I have running back right after that because I just don't think Jordan Howard's actually going to be on this team for 2019. I have a feeling, look, there's already trade rumors again. Remember last year, Mm -hmm. same exact thing. Jordan Howard, Mm -hmm. Miami, those trade rumors. Well, there's trade rumors kind of circling around again with Jordan Howard. You know, I think that's it's not um something that frequently happens because it just does. There's there's got to be something behind it. I think that when uh, Matt Nagy says he wants someone that can make people miss, like you said, Will, that's not Jordan Howard's strength. 
Um, so I think that those rumors are going to start to pick up, especially uh, seeing what some of these guys in the draft can do. So I got kicker, running back, and then safety. I know we have Adrian Amos, you know, good bear. Well, good bears could still get traded. Okay, there's a plenty of good bears on this team, and I know he said that about Adrian Amos, but I don't know if he's the guy that they are going to bring back. I think they value Bryce Callahan a little bit more. I think you can find another guy like Amos to fill in that position. I think Deion Bush is already on the team that can kind of do that. He already stepped up for Adrian Amos, so if he leaves, if the contract uh, negotiations are just far off, that's probably a position that you want to address in the draft as well just to have some depth at it. So right now it's kicker, running back, and safety for me. Yeah, for me, I mean, I agree with the safety because, and I have it and slot corner tied for number one uh, as kicker because those are three major holes that need to be filled. And even though I don't have a kicker here listed at the combine that I'm paying attention to because I already did that, obviously it's a big need. Um, but right now, safety and slot corner. Until you have Callahan or Amos under contract, you can't really book on either one of them coming back to Chicago next year. And if that's the case, those are definitely your two biggest needs right off the bat because out of both sides of the ball, those are the only two starters that are not returning. And then, like you mentioned, running back, just in case the Jordan Howard thing doesn't pan out, uh, and then like Brandon depth. And I'm looking at depth across the offensive line, uh, depth at the outside linebacker rotation because we need a little bit more than Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd. Uh, so that's where I'm looking at in order for needs. So I'm curious, guys, at the Combine, do you have any players that you're maybe keeping tabs on that could potentially be a good fit for one or two of your needs? And Nick, uh, I'll let you go to begin. Yeah, so a guy that can definitely make people miss, would fill a need, could possibly be there in the third round, is Iowa State's David Montgomery. I said it before we went live, uh, I mentioned his name, but this is a guy, you watch the tape from him, he just shows great vision, shows patience when running in congested areas like how I sound with this cold inside the red zone. He's elusive, can make guys miss in open field, or even when a play's about to be blown up, he just finds a way to make that first guy miss. And that's exactly the exact opposite of Jordan Howard. It's something that the Bears are looking for. Also, he's a capable receiver out of the backfield. He had 22 receptions for 157 yards last year but in 2017 had 36 receptions for 296 yards. So he's a guy that has proven that he can do it, fights for every single yard. doesn't matter what game you're watching. I was watching tape when he was playing Iowa in 2017, and look, a defender, a defender grabs his face mask, he fights through that, makes a guy miss, barrels over a Hawkeye and gets in the end zone. And that kills me to say it, but that's what he does. That's what he's proven to do. So I think the 5'11", the 216-pound running back could be a – definite option for the bears i did a mock draft he just so happened to you know land to me at number 87 in the third round so that's definitely a guy that i can see that can potentially fill that need at running back and be a good asset for the bears i like that a lot so you said he was there in the third round so are you hoping for a like average combine because if he has a great one that could change his draft stock yeah it could it, it's right now they're projecting him to not run the fastest not to show the most uh you know elaborate uh just uh you know at the combine and that's all right if he falls because of that i'm all good for it because that means the bears can get him at that third round spot go right ahead so david montgomery just run a little bit slower you know jump a little you know don't jump as high whatever it needs to be done he'd be a great asset to have on the bears just knock the interviews out of the water and then you'd be in exactly. good shape yep all right b how about you do you have a player two in mind that can kind of fill some of these you know depth pieces as you're calling them yeah, I'm looking at, uh, I got a couple here for you. I'll name off. One of them is Austin Bryant. Uh, he was a down lineman. I believe he was a D end at Clemson. 
Uh, he was the, I hate to say the worst of that front seven, uh, because that front seven was just really stinking good last year, but he finished the year with 43 total tackles, 14 and a half for a loss and eight sacks. And that's not even the best player out there. You know, and I've seen where he's kind of projected close to the third round. So that's kind of why I threw him in there. You got a feeling that his draft stock's going to rise him a little bit, but just in case that's a name we need to watch out for is Austin Bryant out of Clemson. And I'm also looking at Connor McGovern. Uh, he's a offensive lineman that can play either guard or center out of Penn State, and his strength is run blocking. Uh, so Matt Nagy criticized uh, the running game, whether it's coaches and players. This is a guy that could uh, come in and hold his own and pass pro, but he's just a specialty uh, for run blocking. So you could put him in in those third and short situations, those goal line sets, uh, and he'd be a good backup behind Kyle Long or James Daniels and could even take over Eric Cush or Brian Wisman's spot as well as for backup. So I think that Connor McGovern's a guy that we got to look out for, especially if you're looking to improve in the running game. I like it. So I'll go ahead and just piggyback, and I'll go with the running game. I have a running back as well, different from Nick. I have Alexander Madison from Boise State. Over the last two years, he had uh, 514 rushes for 2,501 yards, uh, about five yards per carry, 29 touchdowns. Uh, and to add what he can do out of the backfield, 55 catches for 457 yards over those two seasons as well. He's a very downhill, tough, violent runner. He's durable. He led the nation last year with 302 carries. So obviously he can carry the rock. He can carry a workload. Uh, he's not going to get fatigued. So stamina is also something that you want to have to question. Uh, so for me, I'm just curious to see how he stacks up. Again, uh, just like Nick's running back. Uh, he doesn't really need to be to wow me with his speed. Uh, obviously, with someone who is a tough, violent runner, uh, you don't need to have that uh, breakaway speed. But to see if he had any breakaway potential would be good because that's something that Jordan Howard does not have. We have never seen Jordan Howard bust out a long touchdown run. He always gets caught up from behind. Uh, so if someone, if he has uh, higher than average speed, uh, that would be uh, a definite plus in my eyes. Right now, he's currently projected anywhere. The running back class is weird, but I see him anywhere from th round three through round seven. So really. And depending on how he does, could really be pivotal to that draft stock. And then the other guy who I'm very excited about, um, he's an outside linebacker where technically he played defensive end in college, but he's projected out to uh, backer here. His name's Sutton Smith. He's from Northern Illinois, so he's a Mac prospect, so we would have Khalil Mack, and then another type of Mac here in Sutton. Uh, but he had 15 sacks last season, which is the most of all of college football, 24 and a half tackles for a loss, 56 total tackles. He was the Mac defensive player of the year. Um, and again, a little bit smaller size. We did play defensive end, um, but in the NFL, uh, they're looking at him as a better off-ball, pass-rushing linebacker. Uh, lots of buzz around him, mid-round projection. So hopefully he performs well, but like I'm going to say for all these, not too well, so doesn't move out of the Bears' reach. But if you're looking for a good quality young depth that comes at a decent price here uh, with uh, how the NFL structures rookies' contracts, Sutton Smith uh, might be a really high-energy, high-motor guy that would come in there to be that third or fourth rusher out of this rotation. Uh, you don't know what you have in Isaiah Irving still, which is a big question mark. Same thing with Kylie Fitz. I think Smith, as a small school prospect with a high, you know, proved that he can be the best uh, in his conference there. And we've seen Ryan Pace do this time and time again. So many players come to mind uh, that remind me of Smith, like a Tree Cohen, like a Bilal Nichols. So he's someone who I bet you Ryan Pace has some tabs on. And of course, right in their back door at Northern Illinois. So Sutton Smith, uh, keep an eye on him, not just throughout this combine, but throughout the, well, between now and the draft as well. All right, so something we do every offseason is to discuss a player from each of our alma maters. That way, you know, maybe they're a good fit for the Bears. Uh, and we like to do that because most of us have players on this team. You know, I went to IU, so I do have Jordan Howard. Uh, so he's rocking the Hoosier pride, at least for now here in Chicago. Nick, you have James Daniels on the team to rep those Hawkeyes and Brandon? Well, no. <laughs> 
Nobody. <laughs> so you go last here. Uh, Nick, kick things off. Who is the next Hawkeye that you wish could become a Chicago Bear? Yeah, so it's going to be Imani Hooker, the Big Ten defensive back of the year, six foot, 210 pounds. Liked what I saw from uh, him on tape. Takes good angles to the ball carry, shows quick reactions when receivers make their breaks, line up in the box, single high, too deep. His coverage ability is what I think separates him from some of the other safeties that are going to be in that third, to, you know, five round that that range right there. But that's what I like about him. And I think that's where you can add value to the Bears. Let's say Adrian Amos does go into free agency and signs with another team. Monty Hooker's a guy that I think can come in and be, you know, just someone that can just fill that role and be good at it. Um, and also something that's um, not to be undervalued, but it's his pursuit to track down ball carriers when they're on the other side of the field. Just watching his tape, is it's the relentlessness, the the pursuit that he takes, that he's not going to allow someone to just go and walk in for this touchdown, even though it's not necessarily his play to make. He will make the play. That's what he does. That's what he just showed on tape there at Iowa. So it's a guy, uh, he was a second-team All-American last year, 65 tackles, four interceptions, seven pass breakups. I think he could just be a good replacement for Adrian Amos. And actually in that same mock draft that I did where I got Montgomery with the 87th pick, he went right before that 86. I know it's a mock draft. There's not going to be anything identical to what happens in the draft, but it's kind of showing you where maybe teams value some safeties or these running back position. But I think Imani Hooker, that could be a definite option for the Bears if Adrian Amos does decide to hit free agency and just leaves. So uh, that's a guy that I think would definitely make sense for the Bears. I like that. That sounds very enticing. Uh, I'll have to check into him just a little bit more. For me, I'm going very unsexy. I'm going to go with Dan Godsell. He is a long snapper. And obviously, we talked about that earlier. We have a need at the position. He was a Phil Steele second-team All-American. Last year, he was an academic All-Big Ten, so he is obviously he has the smarts. He has long hair, which reminds me of Patrick Manley, which, of course, is an added bonus. Uh, he was invited and participated in the Senior Bowl. He's also at the Combine. That's crazy for a long snapper to go to both the Senior Bowl and at the Combine. So that just proves uh, just how uh, valuable he is at his position. And he also can do trick shots while long snapping. So make sure you check out uh, our Twitter. I did retweet something from IU Football uh, that they tweeted like in October about him doing some trick shot. Uh, something about being high in elevation and getting it into a garbage can from a decent distance. So if you're curious about that, uh, definitely check over uh, at Chicago Audible to check out that tweet. But that's really all I have is long snapping. I can't give you much more of a breakdown there besides his hair, uh, his academic uh, prowess, and yeah, Brandon, I'm curious. Any Boilermakers on your list? Are we ever going to have a Boilermaker on this team? Ryan Pace is not like Purdue. Uh, and they don't really have one that's going to fit the team <laughs> right now. So <laughs> I could say that there's not going to be one younger than draft, but just for the sake of the conversation, there's a complimentary quarterback, uh, David Blau, uh, who threw uh, for 3,000. 705 yards, completed 66% of his passes through 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, and I think his draft stock dropped, you know, basically to him being an undrafted free agent uh, because in the bowl game that they played, they got smacked around by Auburn. It didn't matter if Auburn put up 100. Uh, I mean, the defense just wasn't doing anything, so that really overshadows what the quarterback can really do. But he's a he's a guy that would really complement the system. He's not going to replace Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel or anything like that. Uh, but he's got a big arm. He's accurate. Uh, he's really careful with the football. He, the same thing that Matt Nagy preaches, you can make a mistake, don't make it twice. 
Uh, David Blau is a perfect example of that. Once he threw a pick in one area, uh, he was very careful to make sure he wasn't going to go back and make that same mistake twice. So just a very good complementary quarterback to the system. He's mobile. Uh, he is definitely undersized, so I don't necessarily him, see him having much of a successful NFL career for that matter. Uh, but regardless, he would be a good complementary quarterback uh, to the quarterback room here in Chicago. Not impressed. Uh, <laughs> you know what? The only other option was Marcus Bailey, the linebacker, and even then there's not room for him on this roster. He's a good guy, but he's just not going to make it. So no no Boilermakers on the squad in 2019. I can guarantee that. To my delight. All right. <laughs> Let's have some fun to wrap up this combine segment. I have a couple things I want to do first, uh, just some fun superlatives, and then we're going to play a really fun game that I created earlier this morning. Uh, guys, uh, was talking about the drills, and again, that's always the talk about combine, you know, the gauntlet, uh, et cetera, all the drills that they do, the 40-yard dash, the bench press. I want to know which one would you like to try most? And keep in mind, I'm not just saying try. I mean, you would be on live TV in front of a national audience trying this. I'll start, and I already spoiler alerted myself here. I would love to try the gauntlet. Obviously, playing wide receiver in high school, uh, playing that also in uh, college for flag football. I want to show off these hands. Uh, obviously, I don't have the measurables. I don't have the speed, um, but I think that could be the way to get it done. And obviously, when you're A, catching balls from other college quarterbacks, that's cool. And I say other college quarterbacks like I am one, apparently. And then from uh, on top of that, uh, I don't know. I feel like. It would be difficult because you have to change your focus and direction, and it's a challenge. But it would be one that I think I could probably succeed in the most because the other athletic measurables, uh, not so much. But how about you, Nick? If you had to choose one, what would it be? I actually chose the gauntlet as well. I also played (laughs) wide receiver in high school and did some in uh, intramurals in college at Iowa. So that would be awesome to do. Uh, You know that ball is coming out quick. If you don't get your head on the swivel, you're going to get popped right in the face. I think that happened one of the years. It was one of the – I remember uh, that. Prospects just got popped right in the right in the face there. So you don't want to be that guy. And I just would love to go doing that on national television. Hopefully not being that guy, but just running across there, just showing the hands, showing that you could stay in a straight line. You're not rearing one way to like get away from the pass. Trusting your hands. That's what it's all about with that uh, that drill right there. Wouldn't you feel bad for the quarterback though to have to hit such a short target? Hey, man, I, I, I'll dive out for whatever it needs to be, so it's all good. It's like a Wes Welker type of type of receiver there. I like it. And when you're describing it, I feel like you and I were doing that Spider-Man meme. You! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great meme. It is. Uh, and, B, how about yourself? And if you have the gauntlet, I swear. Well, then I'll I'll pick something else because I actually have the gauntlet going for a clean sweep. <laughs> okay. I think it'd be really fun on national TV. Like even if I'm the guy that gets drilled in the head, like at least I made people laugh out of it. You know, like I'm not actually going out there being a, a receiver or anything like that. But uh, just to be different, I'll say the forty because that's just one of those hyped up events, and I'm by no means I'm going to blow anybody out of the water. I actually have a really slow start, but I accelerate well. Uh, so <laughs> slow out slow out of the slow out of the stance, but uh, quick to finish. So uh, I think that'd be one that'd be fun worth trying. Although I could just go to the local high school and run it myself. But in front of other people, I think that'd be fun. All right, sounds good. So we'll have to talk to the NFL Network and see if we can get to run the gauntlet, since obviously that's what we all really want to do. Or maybe we can make our own gauntlet one day. That would be fun. Uh, Let's go in reverse order here. Brandon, you're up. And obviously it's going to be the flip side. Uh, Which one would you shy away from the most? Like Which one do you think you would just straight up embarrass yourself? More than likely the vertical jump or the broad jump. Because I don't jump well. Uh, my jump shot, uh, I barely get off the ground. So I just don't jump very well. <laughs> okay. What about you, Nick? <laughs> I mean, I've only hit 225 once in my life. 
and I'm expected to do that multiple times, you're going to be really disappointed watching me. It's going to be all I got, one bench press. It's going to be a new PR. Well, maybe if you put like five more pounds on there, it would be a new PR. But that's about, that's all I got. That's all you're getting from me. I'm exhausted. Give me a Gatorade. Give me some time to breathe. <laughs> that's it. And you see these guys just knocking out rep after rep after rep. So that would probably be the most embarrassing seeing that my face would turn all red and only get one rep out of it. But at least I got one, maybe. Or I need the inspire <laughs> to like help me up. Yeah, that'd probably be the most embarrassing for sure. Hey, Nick, guess what? what? You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm six foot a buck thirty five. I'm not gonna bench two hundred and twenty five pounds. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna get it off the rack. So if I do, I'm gonna strangle myself instantly. So they better have multiple spotters around and probably an ambulance on standby. So I'm gonna definitely do the same. I'm not benching. I would sit out. I would not do it. Uh, but yeah, that same here, same here. At least you can maybe get one. I, I'm not confident I can even lift the sucker. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're moving on from this. I'm excited for this game, and this is really going to be good. I have five players listed below. Uh, the first two are going to be former Chicago Bears. The remaining three are going to be current Bears. I'm going to give Nick and Brandon their combine results, and I want to see if either of them can figure out who that bear is. So here we go. And I felt like I didn't know if I should do height and weight because I feel like that could skew it a little bit, but I'm going to do it anyway. To, I'm nice, so maybe that'll help. But the first player, six foot one, weighed in at 242 pounds, ran a 4.7540, had 25 bench press reps, a 33-inch vertical, and a 9-foot, 5-inch broad jump. Ooh, Any man. of those numbers you need to hear again? Height. Six, six one, one, right? Six one. Say Trevathan. I said these are former Bears for the first oh, two. Oh, sorry, sorry. Bears. <laughs> it's a linebacker, I feel like. Six one, very short linebacker, though. Or is he? Wait. Is Nathan it... Basher. Matt Forte. Both oh. were wrong. Uh, you want to know the answer? Yes. yes. Lance Briggs. Oh, I knew it. Oh, you're right. It was a linebacker. It was a linebacker. Yep. I wasn't going to give you that clue once you said it, but you were on the right track. I thought he was a little taller than 6'1". Nope. Apparently not. Sure. All right. Okay. Moving on to number two. Height, 6'2". Weight, he weighed in at 213 pounds. He ran a 4'4", 40, a 6.84 three-cone drill. He had 23 bench reps, just like Lance Briggs, a 33-inch vertical. And a nine foot ten inch broad jump. I swear that's Matt Forte. I, it has to be Matt Forte. <laughs> yes, we have oh. a winner, Matt Forte. Yeah, interesting that he and Lance Briggs had the same exact vertical though. That is, that is interesting. All right, ready for some current bears though, guys. Yep, let's do it. Yes. All right, this will be a fun one. Height six foot five. Weight three hundred and eighteen. Allow Nichols. I don't have the. I didn't have my hand on the soundboard though. Uh, let me finish. By the way, he ran a five point two three forty. He had twenty six bench press reps, a thirty one inch vertical, a nine foot broad jump, and a seven point seven five three cone drill. How long? Oh, this this is this is definitely James Daniels. Cody Whitehair. 
How many times do I have to hit this button? We're going to care. Just <laughs> you, dude. Uh, one last guess, Nick. I'll let you have one more. Akeem Hicks? Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> Keen Hicks, 318, but he ran a 5240. And honestly, the 31 inch vertical for Akeem, that's impressive. Yeah, that is. I didn't see that kind of. I'm like, no, this can't be Akeem Hicks. That's that's pretty good for a big man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. And I mean, we've that's seen it, though. We've seen that. Greek. Yeah, it's true. We have seen it. All right, moving on to number four. This player uh, weighed in at 220, height was six foot three, ran a 4640, did not attempt to bench. A 39-inch vertical, a 10-foot, 7-inch broad jump, which beats every other one here by a full foot, and a 7-second three-cone drill. My man, A-Rob. Yes! Nick's on fire. This information. <laughs> what gave it away? So I, it was the, the, the 40 and then the height. Okay. Yeah. I the, figured 6'3 six six was very unique. Or 6'3, yeah. So, and there's not... We, the Bears don't have those tall receivers like they used to, and A-Rob kind of sticks out among uh, the wide receiver core. Makes sense. All right, way to use those context clues. Yeah, context clues. There we go. All right, last one, guys. Height, six foot two. Weight, 222. Ran a 4.6740. Did not attempt bench. Had a 27.5-inch vertical, so not so good, as we are talking pre-show, because like, that one shocked me. Uh, I did have a 9-foot, 7-inch broad jump, a 6.87 three-cone drill, and a 4.25 20-yard shuttle. And just to note, and this is another clue for you, his 40, his three-cone, and 20-yard shuttle were all the best at his position that year. Oh, man. Hmm. How, how much did he weigh again? Uh, two, two, two. Oh, man. Who is this guy? Harvey wanted to say Jordan Howard, but that can't be right. Oh, but I feel I like I, do I have to hit the wrong button? No, because that's not my official guess. Okay. <laughs> Six foot two. This is throwing me off. I have no idea who this is because that brought, what was it, the broad or the, what was the vertical again? The 27.5. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. This guy is not very good at it. Wait. Benny Cunningham. It's Patrick O'Donnell. Okay, so for both of you, any final guess? I'll let you have one more here. Six foot two. Patrick Scales? I can't. I have no idea. All right, you're gonna be you're gonna kick yourself in the rear for this one, Mitchell Trubisky. Mitch. Oh, wow. Wow. I guess he really doesn't have to jump, so I guess he doesn't care. Where are the hops at? Come on. <laughs> you can see why the football career took off and not the basketball. <laughs> yeah, we got Patrick Mahomes balling out there. I don't know if uh, Mitch is uh, dunking out there. But it's uh -uh. still pretty impressive that he had the best 40-time, three-cone, and 20-yard shuttle of all the quarterbacks that year. Mm -hmm. That is true, yeah. So did you guys like that? Was that fun? That was fun. Yeah, that was a good game there. I didn't think I'd be as good as I was for you know, <laughs> no reason, but it worked out. You have talent. I was about as good as I thought as I was. <laughs> <laughs> Proper expectations are always a good thing, right, B? Yes, always. <laughs> All right, so we are running a little bit longer than I anticipated, which is fine. We're still going to take some time here to answer a few questions uh, from our fans to end out the show because we love to dedicate a little bit of time for you. Uh, so, guys, and I'll just give each of you one question to kind of go through this quickly. And Nick, I'll go to you first here. It comes from Nathan. What are your thoughts on the John Ross trade talks? 
John Ross, I mean, it's like I've been noticing that these receivers that put up these great 40 times, I don't know. They just don't translate as well in the NFL. I mean, there's never going to be a time where you're just running straight and there's no uh, no jam or anything like that. And you're, you know, they're doing this stuff pad. So it's great for the numbers. And he's got great speed, but he hasn't done anything in the NFL for to where the Bears are going to have to, you know, give up some draft capital to get him. Uh, would he fit in the offense? Probably, you know, having that deep threat, but he just hasn't shown me anything to where, yes, we need to go get John Ross. It's the guy that the Bears need. So it's not something that I'm really interested in. All right. And Brandon, over to you. Two people asked this, uh, Mary and Darren. Uh, very similar questions. I just lumped them in here to one. Um, is there any possibility uh, now that we had Kyle Long's contract restructured that the Bears can re-sign both Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos? I think it's possible if both want to do long-term deals. I don't necessarily see that happening. I see one over the other or one or the other. Uh, I would prefer Adrian Amos myself, uh, but regardless of what the Bears choose to do, I mean, that's uh, all of our business, but it, they're going to do it in the best interest of the Bears is what I was trying to say. All right. And this one came from a handful of people here, which is very surprising that this is another specific one. And Nick, I'll hand it over to you. What are your thoughts on the possibility of trading a like a Nick Witkowski because he's due to make $2 million next year? And obviously, he's probably going to be your third inside linebacker. Well, it depends on what you're trading Nick Kwiatkowski for because I think he does have value to this team. Uh, look, Roquan Smith definitely coming up, uh, but Nick Kwiatkowski is a really good just role player, whether he has to step in. He's someone that you can at least rely on. And, yes, he is making a little bump up in money, but it's because he deserves it. You know, he's played well when he's been asked to be a starter or whether it's on special teams. You know what you're getting out of Nick Kwiatkowski, but it depends. If you're trading him for, I don't know what the trade specifically would be, but if it's another team need that would you know benefit the Bears, then yes, Ryan Pace is going to do it. But uh, I'm not looking for Nick Kukowski to be off the team because he's making you know a little bump in money. He's a good player, and he's played a role on this team, and he's done a good job so far. All right, and Brandon, this one's to you, and I think we can all probably chime in on here just a little bit. Uh, this one comes from Antonio. What is going to be your confidence level going into next year uh, that will be once again NFC North champions? Obviously, it's a little bit of those way too early predictions, but it's kind of a fun question. Yeah, uh, I would say a nine uh, because just judging off of last year, we've seen Green Bay starting to really tumble, which is always nice to see. Detroit's still hanging out in the cellar down there. Uh, Minnesota is really your only other you know, tough competition uh, as far as fighting for that number one spot goes. And I think that the Bears have shown that they can handle that task when it comes to a one-on-one matchup, especially in the limited amount of time that they beat them. I, I really, really like our chances there. All right, Nick, how about you? Do you want to put a number on that? So what was the question again, Will? Yeah, what's your confidence level of the uh, reigning NFC North champions, or I should say repeating that fact? So I'm confident that the Bears will do it, so I'll give it maybe eight and a half, nine round where uh, Brandon's at, but it's going to be, I think, tougher than people expect. We don't know what to expect from Green Bay with the new head coach and Aaron Rodgers, and there's talks that they might get Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. That would be awful for the Bears, despite them still having, you know, the best defense in the NFL. Minnesota, I th- thought, had a down year. I think they're about, they're bound to bounce back and have a better year this season. And then also the Lions. We just, well, they probably are going to be awful, like, to be completely honest. But they have <laughs> Matt Patricia there. So maybe he turns it around there in Detroit. But the Bears, you got to also factor in this schedule that the Bears have in 2019 is a daunting one. There's some teams on there that are going to be very tough. You have the Kansas City Chiefs, the Saints, 
I think uh, there's just teams on there that have proven to be, you know, formidable opponents. So it's not going to be easy, but I'm confident in what the Bears are doing, the direction they're going, and where this team is going to be in 2019. So that's why I will give it a nine. All right. Oh, you talked yourself up. You were at the eight and a half when you started. I did. I did. All right. I, I Again, I'm not going to add any more than you guys did. A, it's way too early. You don't know a lot, but obviously I think we're all confident that the Bears have what it takes to get it done. And the good news is they technically don't have to win the division in order to win a Super Bowl. Um, but obviously for them to prove to not just the NFL, but to the NFC North specifically, uh, that they're not a one-year fluke, they're not going to just be a one-and-done, then you don't have to worry about us again for another decade kind of team. We're going to be here for oh, quite a while. You need to have another year like this to really kind of put that in that doubt in the minds of the Vikings, the Packers, and of course the Lions. So yeah, I'm confident. I would give it about a nine, nine and a half, uh, especially if uh, the offense takes a try to anticipate the defense holds you know, Pat pretty much stays on par. All things should be bode well for the Bears next year. Only they won 12 games. I mean, that's a good thing. And I think we can definitely repeat that feat. All right. And the final question, this one comes from Bob and it's the most important one. And of course, that's why I saved it for the end. And Nick, you can begin. Uh, who do you think could eat more? Akeem Hicks, the few, the human forklift or Adam Grizzly Giant Shaheen? And would the answer change if the food were burritos? Oh, man. Well, you know, Adam Shaheen and Chipotle, I mean, burritos, that's kind of <laughs> his thing. That's his thing. So, I mean, Akeem Hicks, you told me the measurables. Do they do a workout before this? Because you know that always builds up a good appetite. So maybe I'm going to go with Adam Shaheen. He, that's what he does. He eats burritos. He goes <laughs> to Chipotle. I think he's got like a gift card for life or something like that uh, for Chipotle. But I think I'll go with Adam Shaheen on that one. All right. What about you, B? Who's going to eat more, Hicks or Shaheen? Uh, if it's a hot dog eating contest, I'm going with Akeem Hicks. If it's a burrito eating contest, I'm going with Adam Sheen. All right. I like that a lot. And that was a fun question, Bob. So I appreciate you thinking outside the box here in the end of February as we're still trying to get through this offseason. The good news is tomorrow which is today for most of our podcast listeners, is March, which means free agencies right here. Of course, the combine's underway. Uh, the draft's only a couple months down the road. So things are obviously, I'm not going to say heating up by any means, especially with our limited <laughs> draft and financial capital. But hey, uh, at least we're going to have some more things to talk about here uh, and some moves that are going to be taking place here very soon. All right, so that's all we have. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. Uh, for those of you who are watching live on YouTube, I want to thank you for that continued support. It's always been awesome throughout the years. And for our new viewers on Periscope, Facebook Live, and Twitch, I want to just thank you for checking out the show, and I hope that you tune in next time. And if you guys here on YouTube uh, like the new graphics, like how the new show is, you think Brandon looks better, uh, make sure to give the video a thumbs up. Make sure to share with your friends as well as we're here uh, to take some next steps in 2019, kind of like I said, to start off our show. And of course, one final thank you to the thousands of podcast listeners worldwide. You know, obviously we can never forget about you as well. And I say it all the time, but it's true. No matter where you are or how you consume our show, we appreciate each and every single one of you. So we'll talk to you all next week. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.